Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, here with Congressman Steve Pierce from the 2nd Congressional District, now Chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico. How are you, sir? Doing great, but I'll just tell you, Derek, I'm, I'm here with a heavy heart. Over eight years ago, Harvey, T- Harvey Twight and I started this program. Tim Keithley actually kicked it off. Harvey T. took it over. And uh, we were scheduled to record with Harvey T. this morning. Got a call just about 30 or 40 minutes before uh, we went on the air, and Harvey T. had passed away. New Mexico has lost a faithful servant, a dedicated volunteer. He was a motorcycle enthusiast, uh, been struggling with his health for several years, and just died peacefully uh, either late last night or early this morning. And so from me and the state to the family, we just want to say that our thoughts and prayers are with the family, with with all of those who knew Harvey. He was just an all-around good guy. And so I appreciate you stepping in and taking over. This was sudden. It was unexpected. And so you being here to run the program is deeply appreciated. Well, I'm honored to continue the tradition. And uh, I knew Harv as well and worked with him and even filled in with him for a couple of times when he was out. But as we continue on... I do want to say that this is a friendly program. This is where we talk about ideas. These are ideas on the conservative side, but there's no anger. We don't hate anybody. This is just a conservative way of looking at things, and we call it Inside New Mexico. And so I'm looking forward to going on and hearing your thoughts on the issues of the day, and that's pretty much what this show is about. So we will continue now with some of the issues, and one of them is uh, an interesting thing has happened in Australia kind of like what has happened in this country. Absolutely. Countries around the world have taken note that the economy is surging after the tax cuts. And so uh, when I was still in Congress uh, last year and the year before Trump had come in, we began to see the economy picking up with his deregulations. And uh, and so now I'm hearing, as I traveled around the, the world, other countries that you wouldn't think are even nearly conservative are picking up the conservative ideas in Australia. Just uh, the nationalist spring is alive and well uh, down in the southern hemisphere australia was not expected to re-elect this conservative leader they had uh, a, a leader by the way who is is just an open evangelical christian and and he did get re-elected it was it surprised everybody i think in the polling world everybody in in the news world and you can't really tell if it's because of trump but I can tell you that people are tired of watching their lives be controlled by somebody outside their country. And so I think what's happening with people watching around the world, I think they're wanting more of the liberty, more of the freedom, more of the prosperity that we have found in this country anew under President Trump. The economy had really slowed to a crawl under President Obama. So I think other nations are looking for that. And so this uh, this leader that many in Australia compared to Trump was reelected. And we're seeing that around the globe, that uh, that there is a, a strong nationalist movement. Now, keep in mind that the evangelical community here talks about Trump as if he is one of their own. Trump just told us, frankly, after he got elected and, and he was talking about the Mike Pence is very religious Christian guy. And so they were in there together and he said, hey, I didn't know about all that stuff at church. He said, I didn't grow up that way. He said, I understand the importance now. He said, the life issue, I just never paid attention. So, yeah. Yeah, when they came and said to you, for a woman's right to choose, sure. But then when he became aware, he's become one of the most pro-life presidents ever, one of the most evangelical Christian presidents ever. And he says that stuff, a lot of the stuff they say, I mean, you know, I did it. So what can I say? 
I'm different now. Anyway, that's happening around the world. It's interesting to see. And here in New Mexico, we're seeing, uh, and this is just pure policy. A lot of people like President Trump. A lot of people don't. A lot of people like President Obama. A lot of people don't. But for New Mexico, an extractive state, we get a lot of money from our extraction industry. President Trump is better financially for this state. President Obama wanted to shut down our mining, but there was no replacement for it. Yeah, and uh, the oil and gas is thriving under President Trump. There was a front-page article this last week in Albuquerque, the Albuquerque Journal. Just Exxon by themselves is forecasting $68 billion worth of value from that one company into New Mexico taxes over the next 40 years. You just can't walk away from that. And so when we see our governor begin to to say that she's going to shut down the fracking or, or our land commissioner say that, that's irresponsible because companies are not going to invest 60 and 70 and $100 billion when there's uncertainty on, in the horizon. So, sure, it's uh, Trump has been good for New Mexico's economy and will be if we will allow the industry to work that are extractive industries. I see uh, Chaco Canyon is uh, an issue now. Our land commissioner put out an executive order to stop the drilling in Chaco Canyon, and they just send out press releases assuming everybody is for that. Now, nobody wants to see it destroyed. But on the other hand, what about those people that have jobs working those sites? I imagine they don't want to see that shut down. Yeah, they, they don't want to see their families go hungry. And so you've got to find the balance point between the development and preserving our our environment, preserving our national parks. And that's, I think, the challenge for all elected leaders. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. You've got the challenge of providing jobs for people and protecting the environment. We need to do both. We must do both. I was watching 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, and they had a story on the crisis on the southern border, but yet our governor has pulled our National Guard off the border saying there is no crisis. Now, CBS News is not known to be a right-wing organization. So who do I believe here? Well, you uh, you believe what you see, not what you hear. New Mexico's governor did send asylum seekers. She bust them into Denver trying to get them out of the state. It's unusual that we would spend 4000 bucks doing that if we don't have a crisis. So she is acknowledging her actions or acknowledging. Meanwhile, uh, she still has the Border Patrol pulled away. Uh, in order to deal with that heavy surge of traffic, the Border Patrol has closed all five check stations, so we no longer have those. At a recent check station in Texas, they were able to intercept over $2 million worth of methamphetamines coming through. And so we're not catching those at the checkpoints in New Mexico because they've been shut down. So our cities are just saying we can't take any more people. Otero County has already declared a state of emergency and say, we're not taking any more people. Deming City Council has declared a state of emergency saying, we don't have any more funds. We don't have any more resources. Again, it's it's unusual that the governor is still saying there's no crisis and still refusing to put the National Guard back there to help process the asylum seekers, and she's busting them out of the state. These things have to be dealt with, and New Mexico is on the front lines. Our southern communities are going to continue to face this onslaught because it's in the tens of thousands a month now that are coming. They're being bussed, been carried. They're getting to the border without much effort, and then they're coming across saying, we give up, we want asylum. That's not the way you do it. So when President Trump introduced his bill last week to establish some controlled method of immigration into the country, I think it was extremely important. We'll see if the Democrats pass it, but uh, the border continues to be a huge issue, Derek. And don't the drug smugglers know that we've shut down 
these units yeah, here so the drug smugglers no i mean they have better intel than our intel agencies so always they're ready to move into the gaps we are talking with congressman steve pierce now chairman of the republican party of new mexico we have more to talk about coming up on inside new mexico stay tuned Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. We are back with Inside New Mexico. I am Derek Underhill here with Congressman Steve Pierce, our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico. And we continue on with this segment about crime in New Mexico. All-time high, Congressman. All-time high. Both Albuquerque and the state continue to wrestle with with crime. It is, it's just out of control. Just this last week, we had two shootings. The state police were involved in both in Albuquerque on Thursday of last week, both within the same hour. And then you had another circumstance where someone burrowed through a Knob Hill business. I think it was a jewelry store. I saw the lady on TV, and, and she's just talking about losing everything. She lost her whole inventory. And this was something that was not just an average break-in. They broke into the empty building next door. They'd been casing this thing for months. And so the crime in Albuquerque and in New Mexico continues to spiral out of control. Now, people want to know what are the key reasons they keep asking why New Mexico? Why is it worse here? Number one, the drug culture is worse here. Uh, number two, we are on the highway for drugs that uh, that just make their way out of Mexico and move north along the highway going to Colorado. And so that's a problem for us. But also we have the problem with that uh, constitutional amendment that was passed a couple of years ago by the New Mexico voters. They were led to believe it was going to improve crime. And the truth is that it's worked exactly opposite, and it's called the Public Safety Assessment Tool, also known as the Arnold Tool. So if you look at this guy that uh, shot the baseball player, his name is Darren Bashir. He's the prime suspect of that uh, UNM player shooting, Jackson Weller. That was earlier this month. And so listen as you get the conflict between judges, DAs, and, and the police. So the judge is going to look at this PSA, the public safety assessment, and it's going to show no violent history. He's been involved in violent things, but it never did get on his record. So when he shot someone in the stomach previously, because it did not get into his record, it shows no previous convictions. And the judge simply says, well, I'm going to list him as a three on the criminal activity scale. It's a one to five scale. So it looks like that he could not only get out of jail early while the evidence is being gathered, it looks like he might get out of jail altogether. But if you look at it from the DA's point of view, the DA blames the judges, and yet the judge says, wait, I'm doing what I'm supposed to by law, and the DA is not providing the evidence. And then they both turn and say that the police are not providing enough. That's all because the state legislature put a provision on the ballot, which I think was intended to fool the public, and it did. And now the public is outraged that that crime is running out of control. 
I will tell you that criminals have a much better representation in New Mexico than the victims do. And so I always wonder when we're going to give victims rights instead of the criminals. The criminal attorneys, the uh, ACLU, they have a pattern of protecting the criminals' rights. It's time for us to protect the families of New Mexico, and I think that's what the Republican Party is speaking up on this issue for. So we're going to continue talking about this crime. You recall, Derek, a few months ago that Taos judge let out the people who had the compound out there outside of Taos. Mm They had been to terrorist training camps. It looked like they were setting up one. There was the five-year-old. He was dead on the compound, been buried on the compound, and yet the judge released him saying that the DA didn't fill out his paperwork. We called for that DA to step down to resign. No one else picked up the call. But since then, that same area that a Taos judge let go, one person who had raped like a 16-month-old kid and then a five-year-old and then was released twice twice and raped three kids all in a four or five day period. And that's what's happening in our justice system in New Mexico. It is not justice. This is set up for the benefit of the criminals. And until the state legislature starts changing the Constitution to give the voters a right to rescind this provision, and they did not put that provision up in this last legislative session, but the New Mexico families are voting with their feet that they're not going to accept this lack of safety on the streets in Albuquerque and the state as a whole. So they're simply leaving. In the last three or four days, I've talked to people who said, hey, we're packing up and we're gone. Was just gave a commencement address on Saturday night. A bunch of strong families there supporting their kids. And I had several couples say, we just can't stay here any longer. It's a story that is being told throughout New Mexico and one that we should be ashamed of. But until we shut the crime down, until we take the side of families, we're going to continue to lose population. I can't imagine that legislators want to see this happening in New Mexico. I don't know if they're not aware of it, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, whatever. Nobody wants crime. So I can't believe that they want this to happen. Maybe they just don't know what to do, but I, I can only speculate. Well, you knew they knew what to do when they wanted to create yeah. the, the constitutional amendment. You know that you, you have to have an amendment that you put in sure, to change it. I don't think they intended it to increase crime. I can't imagine they went in. Well, it, it just I, didn't work. I think that they may not have intended for it to increase crime, but I think they definitely wanted to be on the side of more rights for the criminals. And that uh, idea that we couldn't hold them under certain circumstances, that if, if the judge wanted to turn them loose and let them out without bail, the proposal said that we can't let the bail affect their constitutional rights. Well, now then, everybody's getting out, so it's a catch-and-release program. And they knew that when they went to this year's legislature. They didn't do anything about it. So you have to ask, why did they not do anything about it? Talk to your local senator, your local state rep, and ask. I think the Republicans would have supported such a provision very easily. That'd be the question, is to ask your representative. And I think that's the problem, is the average person doesn't know. They get up, they go to work in the morning, they come home at night, the lights come on. You know, but now we're starting to see the consequences of this legislation, and we may see a change there. Yeah, and the governor put, what, 50 police officers in Albuquerque. So that's more like a Band-Aid. And still, 
neither she nor the state legislative leaders are addressing the question. The crime, you would think that they would be on TV saying crime is out of control and we're going to get it in control. You would think that they'd be talking about this conflict where judges blame the DAs, DAs blame the judges, and all of them blame the police. So it's time to fix the problem. On another subject, I'm seeing a pro-life swing here in many states around the country. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it's because New York and Virginia had such radical laws that would allow abortion up to and including the day of birth. We almost did. Yes, and we were trying to do that, but uh, there were about eight Democratic senators came across, voted with Republicans to say, no, this is horrendous. We're not going to do it. But those states are passing what they're calling the heartbeat bill. Mm -hmm. That says once a heartbeat is there, then the abortions are not going to be allowed. Our governor had a very curious response to that. She called on the film industry to boycott Georgia and bring their films here. Now, of all the things that I think are appropriate, that would be at the very bottom of the list trying to make some economic gain out of such a serious issue. And so I I was pretty well stunned by that particular response. Derek, we will watch this issue very closely as other states do the same thing. I always wondered, in a state where we have outlawed the death penalty for criminals, but not for unborn babies, it seems yeah. like a conflict. It's a conflict. We will be back with Inside New Mexico with Congressman Steve Pierce, our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, in just a moment. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil slash employers to learn more. You are listening to Inside New Mexico with Congressman Steve Pierce, who is our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico. We have a study that confirms huge oil and gas industry economic impact to New Mexico. Is this a good thing? Absolutely. Uh, KOAT carried a very, very good article on this just recently. And in that study, they found that by far the oil and gas industry is the largest supporter for funding public education and higher ed in the state. And that was a report put out by New Mexico Oil and Gas. Association. In the fiscal year 2018, New Mexico's public schools received over $1 billion thanks to the oil and gas community. Statewide for K through 12, that could translate to over 17,000 teachers, 7,400 school buses, 11 million textbooks, and 2.4 million iPads, according to a breakdown provided by that Namoga study. Now, Bernalillo County alone received $346 million for K through 12 and higher education. That is up from from 308 million, so almost 50, well, we could say 40 million dollars more coming to Bernalillo, even though they don't have oil and gas production. I find a lot of people in this northern end of the state just hate oil and gas, but it feeds their teachers. And to get an extra 40 million dollars into your education system, that's a 10% increase for this part of the state. You just have to ask why our governor, why the land commissioner are doing things that, that provide uncertainty. Already, I'm hearing 
people who drill wells. I'm hearing from people who have service industries in the southeast part of the state saying that, that the business is moving across into Texas. They have private land there. They don't have to wrestle with state commissions. They don't have to wrestle with a state that's unfriendly. And again, keep in mind that during the legislative session that, that oil and gas is told, we're going to come after you. We're going to come after you and get more taxes. We're going to come after you and regulate. We're going to come after you and shut down the fracking. There's been no study that shows that fracking has affected the groundwater. Even the EPA director under President Obama said, wait, we haven't actually found anything like that. There were news reports coming out, and you had people turning on the tap water and lighting it. Well, those are just journalistic stunts. They are fun for the journalist, and they create a big splash and a lot of attention. But when they're untrue, they run the risk of of turning a public against an industry that is feeding our teachers. And so uh, I just think that it's, it's very important thing now exxon is is probably the big player but they're not the only player but they did a recent forecast for their business and they're talking about 64 billion 64 b in revenue to new mexico over the next 40 years that's not their take that's the amount that the state's going to get in taxes royalties and everything else just from them so imagine when you got five or six other companies who are going to be producing just as much as exxon is these are going to be world-class investments and they will not make them in a period of uncertainty and so this governor and the land commissioner run the tremendous risk of causing companies to say nah uh, we'll We'll just wait till uh, there's more predictability on the horizon, and hopefully at that point, then they will continue to want to make the investment. But when we watch the ability of President Trump to deal with Iran, you know, in the past, the presidents have had the problem that if Iranians shut off its oil, then the price of oil skyrockets and the price at the pump goes high enough that it's a political instability for this country. Now then, New Mexico is almost by itself causing that to not occur. The production here in Leonetti counties is causing Iran's production to be almost insignificant. So Venezuela is in tremendous turmoil, and 10, 20 years ago, you would have seen the price of oil skyrocket to 100, 200. The price at the pump would have caused tremendous backlash. That's not occurring now because of what's going on in New Mexico. So when our governor begins to treat the oil and gas companies with disdain, then they move somewhere else. They don't have the capability to produce what we produce here, that means the world oil market gets more volatile. Trump has his hands tied by that volatility. Right now, he can go to Iran and say, you're going to get in line. You're going to quit causing chaos worldwide. You're going to quit funding terrorism. He can go to Venezuela and say the same thing. He can put these sanctions on to where Iran can't sell their oil, to where Venezuela can't sell their oil, and it puts economic pressure to bring them around to where they become productive members of the world community. And so Trump's ability to do what he's doing is greatly favored by New Mexico's production of oil and gas, and our state government puts that at risk by the policies they are suggesting. It also uh, helps the president deal with Russia, because as I understand it, we can make up that loss to uh, Western Europe. Absolutely. And Russia is in fear. That's the reason that they fund the environmental groups. The environmental groups that want to shut down the fracking, they don't have to reveal where they get the money. That's where the real collusion occurs. So when the left is talking about the collusion between the president and the election, why don't we look at the collusion with the environmental groups and what Russia is sending in here to disrupt our oil and gas? 
because every barrel of oil we produce on the world market keeps the price stable. Russia wants the price to go up to where they can extort more money because of the price going up. And so we have taken that away from them. That's the reason that they want to fund environmental groups worldwide to stop our production, to stop our fracking, to stop New Mexico. We are on the front lines of the battle with Russia trying to interrupt and trying to influence from outside the production of oil and gas in this country. Now, many times the oil and gas industries are kind of fighting by themselves. But right now, there's a group called Power of the Future. Larry Barron's a good friend of mine from down in the Silver City area, is their executive director. He's uh, the one in charge here in New Mexico. And they brought up points where in this last session, there was a pretty far left energy bill that was brought forward suggesting that we need to shut down fossil fuels, shut down coal, set ambitious environmental renewable energy goals. And so this group has this group, the power of the future, has uncovered the emails between one of the lobbyists for outside groups and Energy Secretary Sarah Cottrell Prost. And so I think that these watchdogs are tremendously important so that this state does not get influenced by out-of-state groups trying to affect our economy for their agenda goals. But uh, also a, a kind of an important announcement came out of the DOI last week. I was in Congress when Obama began to squeeze down the drilling in a lot of areas, especially on our public lands. And so the Department of Interior just announced this week that it's reinstating two mineral leases for operations on public lands. They should be there as long as we protect the environment or protect those public lands. There should be that production of oil and gas. So a lot going on in the energy sector, uh, Derek, and just appreciate you asking about it. Well, Congressman Pierce, uh, we're about out of time, but I do appreciate you coming in and keeping us up to date on what is going on from a conservative viewpoint. As most people know, the Democrats hold the House, the Senate, and the governor in New Mexico. And so we don't always get to hear the other side. We have an election next year, so things may change. I assume that is the plan. That is the plan. It's one reason we continue to be very active. I just want to give a a big round of applause to our, our radio stations. They carry these programs free of charge every week. We want to say a thanks to them and thanks to Diana Vargas for her production uh, on this. And uh, thanks to you, Derek, for stepping in again as we close the program on a somber note, remembering our friend Harvey T. And the eight years, over 440 programs that Harvey T. and I put together. So just a real tribute, but thank you for stepping into his shoes. It's my honor, Congressman. We will look forward to seeing you and all of our listeners next week right here on Inside New Mexico. 